Hello, everyone, and welcome to the penultimate episode of the Podcasting Guild Babylon 5 Season 1. We're near the end, Andrew. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't. I was pretty sure this season would go on forever. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, 90s TV and their many episodes of TV. Yeah, look, we need 26 episodes per season. Yep. No, No fewer. Yeah, this was an interesting one. Legacies. Yeah, Legacies. We're paid a visit by the Membari. Little visit by the Membari, little Scooby Doo, little Harry Potter in this episode, little bit of everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this was an interesting one. Would you say it's a return to form after a TKO? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think so. I think there's nowhere to go but up. As nowhere I was to go to but up. Yeah. I have to say that this episode opens with Garibaldi expressing a lot of confusion about you know i think just someone just needs to explain to him that they are a diplomatic space station (laughs) yeah you know he's like why do we need to roll out the welcome mat dude the whole station is a welcome mat it's a diplomatic station (laughs) right i can't believe you're gonna attend the ceremony bro he's an ambassador of course he's gonna attend ceremonies yeah it's like garibaldi man you need to you need to Think about think about what your purpose here is. Maybe Garibaldi took one too many hits from Walker Smith last episode when they were sparring. Yeah, he maybe. <laughs> maybe. I did I overall I thought Garibaldi had a good episode though. Actually yeah. we we got a pretty wide cast of humans on this one. And some aliens. And some aliens, yeah, and and some Narn and Mumbari. Yeah, there was actually quite a few Quite a few characters. I guess there wasn't Jakar, even though we did get Narn. I don't know. Was is he on vacation or something? He hasn't been in like <laughs> half the episodes this season. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't been around for a large portion of the season. Not to worry though. There may be more of him in the near future. Who knows? All right, let's get into it. I guess I already talked about Garibaldi opening the episode with "I don't know why we're rolling out the welcome <laughs> mat," and yeah. which is again like a well used opening trope that this show goes for. Mm-hmm. Open with Garibaldi kind of belly aching about having to do something for a visitor. Yeah, he's the blue collar guy. Yeah, for sure. He's always put upon and he's just there to do his job and wishes people would just leave him alone so he could just do his job. He's a consummate professional. Yeah. So the the B plot in this episode was a little orphan, little orphan psychic Annie, mm-hmm. who gets caught stealing something and then takes a psychic blast right to the face and just uh, uh, passes out. As one does when you get blasted to the face. Yeah, or I guess the brain in this case, because it was psychic. <laughs> and it, it was all right. I appreciate it as a vehicle to explore what being psychic means in, in you know different, different alien races and stuff. I'm not sure the plot arc of this B-plot held up. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I don't know if the actor was miscast or she was misdirected, but she wasn't convincing enough for me. I think she was maybe a little too old to be acting the way she was acting. I think that maybe they, if they had a younger actress or had her yeah. act a bit more mature than what she was, because, yeah, okay, she was, quote unquote, 12 when she came on the uh, station, but she had been living by herself for at least a year and had been there with her dad for a little while, you know, Growing up on your own, you'd be a little bit, I don't know, 
tougher, maybe. <laughs> I completely agree with that. She was actually very Little Orphan Annie-esque in that supposedly she had lived the last, what, at least year or whatever, right. living on her own, pickpocketing, stealing to survive. You know, you'd think she'd be really street smart. And they try mm. to hint at that by having her pickpocket <laughs> Ivanova's you know, whatever credit card or something. But her whole demeanor was just sunny and like, golly gee, thanks guys. And oh, you know, she's got this bright, perfect smile. And they gave her the customary smudge of, uh, you you (laughs) know, shoe polish (laughs) on the cheek. But other than that, she was really well put together. And I'm not reading hard scrabble orphan using her street smarts to survive. Yeah, I wasn't reading that. Nor was I reading much like fear or anxiety or trepidation about these sudden life changes Mm. there's no distrust of all these authority figures suddenly showing your interest yeah there was you know it was very oh like i could just go with this okay or the nard oh no their minds are icky don't want to do that and by the way i guess since we're talking about it let's just get into it the show has made such an issue about how important it is for psychics to act responsibly and for their powers Mm. to be used ethically. And like, did no one think of, they seem to have found a major loophole here, which is how are they taking this untrained psychic around to meeting all the ambassadors? Yeah, yeah. You would think that the ambassadors would be very defensive about that. For real, especially after she reads all their minds without asking and they're just, oh oh, I'll just touch my forehead as they walk out of the room and oh, that's that's the end of this. Yeah. No worries. You know, you'd think a few of them would be like, the humans are doing this on purpose to read our minds. State or secrets, like, right? State secrets. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. So it was just a little, why does this orphan get meetings with all the ambassadors? I guess the Narn want to, you know, they moved on from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> From the sexual congress propositions that Jakar was offering, but still had some creepy undertones. I did like that they called back to that thing from the very first episode of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good reference. And of course, it was like the one thing I I remembered from that first episode. (laughs) So yeah, good callback. You know, while we're talking about when she was in the medical lab... Dr. Franklin, the only treatment we saw him administer this whole time was medicinal forehead petting. Hey, it works, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it works. He was just like stroking her forehead for like, maybe it was just one seed, but she's lying there and he's just, she may awaken soon. He's just like rubbing her forehead. Man, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, I think, I think she was just miscast. Nothing against the actress, but she just looked too old for the part. Like, if you're going to have her be a naive young young girl, then that's fine. But the girl they had, the actress they had playing her looks like she was in her early 20s or late teens. And she's supposed to be like 12, 13, 14, something like that. And then, yeah, to your earlier point, it's like she just didn't give off any vibes of having any street smarts. Hey, Boda, how's it going? <laughs> that was my dog. <laughs> Sorry. Boda agrees. Yeah. Boda agrees with that. Yeah. So yeah, I think she was just miscast, unfortunately. So it does take away a little bit from that B plot. But I think the B plot, she just like you said, acts as a vessel to explore how psychics and, and telepaths are treated 
and kind of what they're experiencing in that universe, right? More more so than anything else. And we see a little bit of uh, a tete-a-tete between Ivanova and Talia as they kind of go back and forth arguing about how to they're going to do what they're going to do and who's going to win over at the end of the day. Yeah. Why did Talia give in so easily? Isn't it the law that psychic humans are either in the psychor or like mentally castrated somehow why is she just yeah of course we drove your mom to suicide that's just what we do but okay this <laughs> this orphan can choose whatever she wants in life she is free to choose right. any path she so desires it's like wait what what Talia? <laughs> what why uh why are you just so cool about this yeah i think maybe the whole episode with iron heart played a role and ivana brought that up another reference here and i think also it's just Talia is, in, in terms of sidecar, just a, a worker bee, essentially. And so there's no skin off of her back because they're not exactly reporting it to anyone, it sounds like. They're just, they have this girl and they're going to let her do what she wants to do. But yeah, that's a fair question, I think, in terms of why Talia isn't standing up to it. Why isn't she reporting this to Psychor and having Bester show up or something like that? Get this figured out. Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't disagree that, okay, you know, she could be a bit subversive and that's why she's going along with it. But it wasn't even really addressed. It was it was right. sort of just like yeah. taken for granted that, of course, she can interview all the ambassadors mm-hmm. and make whatever choice she wants, where a whole big thing of Susan's backstory is, no, there is no choice. Like, <laughs> if you don't go with the Psychor, you have to you know, have this thing done to you. But, yeah, so. it would have been nice if they had commented on it a bit more, had Talia uh, fighting those choices or figuring out those choices for herself in her quarters, thinking about contacting Psychor Central or whatever their, their headquarters are called. But then, oh no, seeing a picture of Ironheart and oh, I'll change my mind and give her a chance or something. Like at least that, that would have been useful, I think. Yeah, but isn't Ironheart like a god now? Didn't yeah. he? He's yeah, disappeared okay. into god right. remember? He's probably got some god things going on. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have time for this stuff. Exactly, exactly. Although Talia does have the telekinesis, which has not come back up yet. That's true. <laughs> that's true she did take a psychic blast to the she face. took one to the face too oh my god <laughs> the one gift i have to give you psychic blast to the face <laughs> <laughs> that's his only gift guys can't do anything else oh my god all right well that's let, let's let's get to the a plot of this yeah, episode let's pause that one right now and get to the scooby-doo plot the scooby-doo plot so a Membari general dies, specifically the one who fought at the Battle of the Line. Right. Which it's weird that the Membari also call it the Battle of the Line. You would You'd think, think they would have a different name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd think they'd call it like Battle of about to destroy the human, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So he he dies and Membaris want to show off his body. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do it on Babylon 5 because because why not but actually why though this is you know the tko episode had the same thing okay the the mutai so stupid uh (laughs) great it's an ancient sacred tournament why is it on babylon 5 why is it on babylon 5 do you guys know that there were four other babylons why are you putting your (laughs) sacred ass ceremonies on here stop it 
do it on your home planet where it makes sense. <laughs> I think in this case, they have a bit more meat to the bone in this story because he died off world and they're going to take him home and they're stopping at every Mimbari colony or Mimbari outposts or places where Mimbari are in general. I see. I must have missed. Okay. I missed that explanation. Yeah. But okay, you know, and in this case, they clearly want to sort of rub Sinclair's nose in it a bit. Yep. yep. And it starts out with them almost picking a fight with them as, they, as soon as they show up, showing up with basically their guns out, but their fingers aren't on the trigger. Yeah, and, he, and they're like, hey, why are your guns out? And they're like, we don't really want to explain ourselves to you. Okay, bye. It's like, guys, <laughs> guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just needlessly antagonistic. Mm -hmm. And Sinclair, you know, did his bit to be diplomatic. Yeah, this this cruiser captain, the Mimbari cruiser, whatever, is is sort of the antagonist of the episode in that he is he's basically the Mimbari version of the imperious British accent talkers from Space Force. Whenever someone with a British accent shows up from Space Force, he (laughs) argues with Sinclair about who's in charge and maybe threatens him a little bit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. all those notes were hit with this guy. So, okay, they are going to have this ceremony. And beforehand, the captain comes up to Sinclair and is like, we can't have human guards guarding his body. It's too sacred wait you know just way too sacred for that we need to have mimbari guards and (laughs) garibaldi was you know sinclair had a little like i'm in charge of this station i don't take orders but he also acquiesced right away yeah which was a little interesting because he's had a million fights there have been like three or maybe four episodes or something where one of the main tensions is someone coming along and try to giving him orders and he's like i run this space station (laughs) And he just rolled over on this time. He he didn't feel like it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, for the sake of diplomacy, he's okay. No human guards, which of course comes back to bite him when the body gets stolen. But before that, I want to comment on the ceremony itself, which is they did a little flag folding thing. And, you know, I get it. Flag folding is a really big part of military ceremonies here on Earth. So they wanted to put it in there to make it feel military. But, oh, my God, was that the sloppiest folding? That was horrible. Of... It was so <laughs> bad. It looked like me and my wife folding a fitted sheet. It was like, it didn't. Yeah, these guys didn't look like they knew what they were doing at all. Maybe that's just how the Mimbari do things. They prefer a different style of folding to the way we do it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, messy, <laughs> wrinkled folding. Yes, the that's Mimbari the way they do it. do it. But okay, as soon as the thing is folded, they see that the body is missing. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately like, oh, this was a setup. You yeah. know, they insisted on their own guards. And they're not the first suspects. Mm-hmm. like they go around right they interrogate that nameless alien and you know the culprit isn't a nameless alien right it re- it really was a scooby-doo episode yeah it was sense. totally a scooby-doo episode but one that again had me questioning some of the security measures here okay so no human guards fair enough fair enough yeah but no how come there aren't cam- security cameras yeah right? where are the security cameras you think right. they have a dozen security cameras in the area where the body's at and outside the area all those other places 
but no security Absolutely. cameras. The, the pilot made such a big deal about how, oh, we have to turn off all the security cameras for yeah. the for the whatever ambassador. And and now, yeah, nobody has any security. This, this is only a hugely important diplomatic space station with lots of ambassadors on it. Why would you have... Why would you have any kind of security cameras? Yeah, no, it, yeah, I agree. I wrote that down too. That makes yeah. no sense. Or maybe some red lasers in there, like in those jewel heist movies. So when people cross them, it starts like huge alarm and all that. That would have been perfect here. Come on, where's the ingenuity for the <laughs> security do, here, Mister you, know, you know, walking yoga moves to like get through the lasers. Yeah, seeing Delenn do um, that would have been funny. But Spoiler also, you right. know what this episode made me think of as well was the one where they kidnapped Sinclair. Yeah. And then they murdered a guy and pushed him out an airlock. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait a minute, how are you just dragging bodies down these corridors with no one noticing? They made a one line passing mention. So, sorry, spoilers alert. At the end of the episode, it turns out Delane took it and secretly cremated him sorry skipping ahead here <laughs> and they, they mention it and it's like how do you secretly cremate someone on babylon 5 i mean cremating a body is kind of difficult it requires very high temperatures yeah to do that totally well maybe mamari bodies are especially combustible <laughs> well all right well fine there's a crematorium on babylon 5 sure great okay am i to believe that delane is just dragging <laughs> this this cadaver <laughs> down these hallways yeah we weekend at weekend at bernie style uh, weekend at bernie style exactly <laughs> like just put some sunglasses on them and <laughs> you would th- yeah and you would think that in order to get to the crematorium they would have to pass through some public areas <laughs> yeah so just like weekend at bernie, making the body walk or, something, or pushing them along in a wheelchair or something totally <laughs> totally and Okay, sorry. I, w- I will stop skipping ahead because I'm skipping yeah. way ahead here. But okay, where are we? So they're talking to Franklin, I think. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to figure out where to investigate. They've tried talking to the Lort or Packrats. We don't see the Lort. And then they go talk to the Pakmara guy, which let me just comment here. That guy is a baby Cthulhu. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, I did like... I mean, those are real prosthetics. It's not like a CGI alien. And it was cool, the breathing thing that they were doing with them. And so that was really well done with the prosthetics for that alien. And of course, he had a translator too, which was kind of neat. I completely agree. I actually thought it looked better than a lot of the Narn makeup, for example. Yeah. I thought it looked really good for just sort of a throwaway throwaway character like that. Mm, uh, I thought yeah. it's a cool character design. Cthulhu clearly the inspiration for it. <laughs> but yeah, and it's got a living character. And just this quick three-minute segment, even shorter than that, probably, which is cool. He never gets an apology, does it? They, like, accuse him of stealing the body. And then they pump not just his stomach, but all Pacquiao's stomachs on the station, which... Which is kind of messed up. That's like Like, a diplomatic incident in itself. Yeah. Why isn't the Pacquiao ambassador, like, banging down Sinclair's door demanding reparations or something? (laughs) No, it's true it's true yeah no i agree that that's a little that, that's going quite far <laughs> i also love how it's the future but they still have no way to tell what's in your stomach except to like pump it you yeah know, there's no it's this super x-ray mri machine exactly. 
exactly yeah so garibaldi is going from alien sector to alien sector trying to figure out who took the body and this is like i called it a scooby-doo episode this is what the genre savvy can it's clearly from the mumbari side yes the fact that none of the main characters are connecting that they want their own guards with and then it disappeared and they're looking at all these aliens we've never heard of before (laughs) okay obviously it's not these guys what else the cruiser commander is getting increasingly more pissed off understandable yeah understandable and he keeps threatening war which kept (laughs) me kept making me think that he was doing it because he was looking for a reason to start the war again. yeah exactly we've heard hints in previous episodes they really sort of explicitly said it but they've definitely hinted at that the warrior cast is bitter about the the peace and so it made all the sense in the world for me Mm. that he would set this up and then threaten to blow up the station if they didn't find it right so in that sense the ending was a twist Mm mm-hmm Yeah, so I guess we have to go back to the psychic orphan because she kind of intersects now with with the A-plot. So basically they have her interviewed. So first Talia Winters talks to her, tries to talk her into going to Psychor. And then she talks to the Narn sidekick. Yep, Natasha. And that was a great scene. I loved at the end when Garibaldi's, why don't you check her teeth? (laughs) <laughs> and then Narn's like, oh, oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, th- thanks for that. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, good call. Which I thought was funny because her teeth were, of course, Hollywood perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, bright white. Yeah, no, absolutely flawless. It's like, aren't you supposed to be an orphan? Man, you know. Yes, there's another. Poverty thing, yeah. on, on Bab 5 is pretty severe, but dental hygiene is on point. They've maybe she down. goes to the free clinic and down below yeah maybe maybe good old doc franklin there you has, go. has helped her out yeah. although we didn't know who who she was so True. maybe not True. and she learns a little bit actually we learn a little bit more about the uh the backstory between the centauri and the narn and how the centauri basically stripped mind all of narn while they occupied it and now narns the narn are pissed off aren't going on a rampage of their own we're trying to <laughs> yeah right Ivanova. which which i think we also had hinted at i remember i don't know one of the early episodes yeah uh, jakar and um londo got in a big shouting match mm-hmm. i don't know it's never explained okay if their world is barren and strip mined where is the economic base that supports this war machine yeah or maybe it's just an industrialized hellhole like in the matrix right where like mm-hmm. the, the skies are black but there's lots of things being made Maybe. And, you know yeah, yeah. and know. They, they have more than one planet too they have a couple colonies too right right well Ragesh three they were able to take back so they got sure. that going for them yep they do maybe it's Ragesh four now yeah <laughs> what happened to Ragesh one and two same thing that happened to the babylon stations yeah exact same <laughs> plot <laughs> <laughs> the leader goes in the future and everything to, yeah or goes to the past okay yeah so they have this psychic orphan somehow interviewing with all the ambassadors okay the narn have an excuse because they want to breed psychic narns fine all right but why does she meet with the mimbari just because delane's super chill and like has time for orphans no no biggie yeah and they have telepaths 
I wonder why she didn't interview with the Centauri. Maybe they just couldn't get the actor for for that, for Londo or for Veer. It's true. Londo was notably missing. Usually Londo, even in episodes that don't really involve him, they'll have him just pop up and be like, hey, Sinclair, hey, I heard there's something going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, sucks for you. What do you got? Yeah, give me the deets. <laughs> but no, no Londo at all this episode. Their hair artist must have been on vacation or something. Yeah. And so she meets with Delenn. They have a little back and forth, talking, being all friendly. And I think one thing that does kind of talk to her uh, mindset, uh, at least the, the orphan telepath, she's all about the money, like how much are you going to be paying me, all this other thing, which is, I think, kind of commonplace for people coming from that background because money is in short supply. So that tends to be one of their primary focuses uh, when they finally get to a position at least initially, they'll eventually grow out of that and learn out of that, that sort of thing. But with her, very focused on the money and how she's going to be paid, and Dylan kind of gives her a backstory around how in Mimbari culture, it's all about service, doing good for the greater whole. Sounds very much like the Mimbari are super communist people. But that, that, that aside, she happens to just reach into Dylan's mind, as one does with near telepath, and gets a scene of the body snatching. And we see yeah. a return of the triangle, the triangle of mystery and things of multi-talents and does all kinds of stuff. <laughs> now it can freeze people, apparently, and make them forget stuff. That's okay. I was wondering, because <laughs> I was like, wait, they shot those guards, but then they didn't notice until they badly folded the flag that the body was missing. But Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I get it. It's a space weapon that freezes and makes people forget. Okay. Yeah. My big question with this, though, was... What was that but the perspective? She's oh, yeah. looking into Delenn's mind, and Delenn is looking at this as though she wasn't actually participating in it. But, yeah, <laughs> I know they just did it for the audience's sake, but they could have done something a little bit more interesting from the perspective point of view because they were looking at someone's memory of an event. Right. And it should have been first person. It yeah. should have been, yeah. It should have been first person. But it also, wasn't. Delenn, you're harboring a deep, dark secret. Maybe don't meet with untrained telepaths. I don't know. Yes. Like, just a thought. Yes. Just a thought. Maybe save <laughs> that meeting for the day after you almost start a war by, like, stealing a bomb. Or maybe have know. her meet with Lanier, who isn't participating in any of this. Oh, that's true. That's you true. have an assistant for these things, don't you? I mean, Jakar <laughs> sent his assistant no delane's got all the time in the world for the chosen orphans you know that's why i said this episode was a little harry potter because it's yeah. very like oh yeah there's crushing poverty poverty on babylon 5 uh listen don't worry about that this kid has superpowers though and <laughs> so they get to be pulled out of that world and you know <laughs> thrust into something greater yeah it's very definitely a, oh you're psychic well you get to not be poor then congratulations right you won the lottery. Congratulations. Yeah, you won the lottery. <laughs> Everyone has time for you. The commander of the station, all the ambassadors. And, you know, yeah, I guess what? She wasn't standoffish. Like, she wasn't cynical of authority. And, like, I think they could have played it. Yeah. But she also didn't have any sort of reverence or awe for these authority figures, which up until this point had been living on a different planet practically she was at the lowest rungs of society these are the people running the place there was no indication about how she felt about yeah, that, imagine you know? being 
a peasant and the king of the land comes and just starts talking yeah. to you. Which right? or the and, king you know, of the nearby land. They don't land need to be reverence. They don't need to grovel, but then yeah. make it a thing. Like, okay, well then be like, intimidated, be something. She she talked to Sinclair like Garibaldi talks to Sinclair. Like she's known him forever. Yeah. She's yeah. like, Oh, Commander Sinclair, I have something you really need to hear. Bro, have you met before? Like <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of agree. I think I think the and again it might not have been the actress probably is the writing. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think she's improving those lines. But true, yeah, true. was I don't think it's. I, it's it's, I, it's a combination of it. maybe miscasting and, and poor writing for her character or directing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think they had exposition they wanted to get out, and they didn't really spend too much time on making the vehicle for that exposition something interesting right. and compelling. Right. Yeah, I think clearly this is a one-off character. <laughs> Yeah, probably won't see her again. Probably not going to see her again. But okay, before she discovers the deep... No, actually, after she discovers the deep dark truth by my mind reading Delenn, we get this scene where Sinclair opens up his quarters and everything is ransacked. Why didn't he stop and call security right then? Dude, for real. And he's just, okay, well, I'll just walk slowly forward into this room that clearly had an intruder in it in the very recent you know past it's like of course you're gonna get ambushed but i loved it because we got more sinclair punches we (laughs) haven't seen sinclair punches for a few episodes and he really throws some haymakers in this one he had some good punches in there (laughs) and gets the better of his assailant who turns out to be the commander of the cruiser who's who was like, these are the only quarters no one would dare enter. And so I'm pretty sure I was going to find, I guess, a cadaver just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Why would one hide a cadaver in your quarters exactly? Yeah, for real. For real. And I just say, for some of those for some of those hands Sinclair was thrown at him and some of the licks he took, he, he looked fine. He didn't have a mark <laughs> on him. <laughs> yeah, and you would think that hitting someone who has a head that has a giant bone sticking out of it would hurt quite a bit you would think that and in fact more than that i would think that maybe mimbari would use that you would think so most animals with big hunks of bone on their (laughs) head use it to smash into their rivals i'm just imagining a line of mimbari warriors charging headfirst like that into melee combat (laughs) that'd be pretty awesome yeah Um, (laughs) <laughs> uh you know for the first time i think it's the first time maybe i noticed this before and forgot it but i noticed that the crests for the warriors and religious mimbaris are different they are yeah the warriors are all spiky mm-hmm. the religious spiky are crests spiky crests spiky spiky mm-hmm. yeah so we got some great sinclair punches uh cruiser commander once again threatens to blow up the station or whatever <laughs> and then yeah sinclair has garibaldi escort him back to his quarters and then right then and there post fist fight the psychic orphan comes up and is like sinclair buddy yo what's up they do their little pound it handshake yeah it's like what's good on the flip side sin man <laughs> and he's <laughs> and then he's like listen uh delen did it <laughs> yeah. or or she knows what happened to the body and she knows where it is and she has this weird third person perspective where she could see everything without actually being there or participating in yeah but anyway she knows where it's at yeah listen and nobody once questions maybe she's lying 
Which, yeah. fair enough, why would she lie? She had no idea about it to begin with. But Dylan doesn't even attempt to be like... Yeah, there's no skepticism. What, this orphan who entered the episode by stealing and you're just taking her word for it? There's mm-hmm. no, yeah, no skepticism. You don't even have to say she's wrong, but like, hey, okay, well, let's take a look at this. Let's take a step back. It's a really big accusation to say that an ambassador did this. That can cause a whole nother diplomatic incident. We're already dealing with a pocket rod diplomatic incident, which is happening completely off screen. Don't mind that. But yeah, let's have a conversation about this before we accuse the ambassador of the species that just kicked our ass 10 years ago of trying to start another war with us. No, totally. And I have to say, Delenn seemed incredibly insensitive to the situation she had caused. Until she was confronted, there was no indication that she was going to do anything at all about this. And then once she was confronted, she was like, okay, I'll, I'll go lie to, uh, you know, the commander and we'll figure it out. But up until she was confronted, was she just, Oh, sure. Hope this doesn't start a war. Oh, well, you know, I did like that. They did confront her about that part of it. It seems like something that would have to be a major consideration in this. Totally. Totally. I agree. But yeah, Delane is basically, okay, we'll go, uh, we'll go tell, the commander dude and when she does talk to the commander dude she basically says hey it was the decision of the gray council to do this and i'm like does the gray council not like <laughs> announce their staff turnover to leading military commanders like <laughs> you know when the secretary of state resigns you hear about it you know you don't just like <laughs> ah they'll figure it out they'll figure it out they visit the office every other sunday they'll see the new org chart yeah yeah so yeah she kept saying no the gray council says this and the gray council orders you to do that i'm like i'm pretty sure we saw you quit the gray council yep Mm -hmm. but he's none the wiser somehow that does bring up another thing i think it may be just his character in general is not well traveled at all because he didn't know what a pakmara was and they seemed like a somewhat important species considering they have ambassadors on the station you would think a military commander would be well aware of all the species that they would interact with to any degree and maybe it's just him he's just not informed doesn't get out at all so he doesn't know that the grand council announcements happened on tv last week and he just was watching (laughs) their version of cheers instead (laughs) yeah right he's not gonna watch future c-span come on yeah come on he has who has time for that he was watching the latest movie tie bile with, <laughs> yeah. with walker smith yeah yeah i mean the lamestream media might have said <laughs> that delane was off the great council but fake news obviously yeah, that totally. didn't happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it made no sense to me why she would be able to get away with this lie <laughs> uh, I guess the Great Council is very enigmatic. It's basically the form of government, government by enigma. Government by shadow government, basically. Yeah, for real, literal shadow government, as in they meet in a room that is all shadows. <laughs> oh, boy. But okay, he accepts her explanation. And there's this little moment in the right after that where he meets with Sinclair and he's like, oh, my bad. That was uncalled <laughs> for, you know, didn't mean to threaten to kill you all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or or right. Or try to attack you from behind in your quarters, which Sinclair really forgives that pretty quickly. As soon as he subdues him and turns the lights on, he's basically over it. <laughs> it was an even fight. Mano yeah, a mano. Was it? Was it? Know. He attacked him from behind. 
I guess it was mano a mano, man. Yeah. And then they have this really awkward handshake, which I'd like to believe is because the Mimbari is, is this how you do it? Yeah. How do handshakes work? Which if that was the goal, it, it worked really well because it yeah. was a really awkward handshake. They don't do handshakes in Mimbari culture. No, clearly not. <laughs> well, I mean, the rest of the episode is really just the denouement. They have psychic orphan Annie decide to go with the Mimbari, which I guess she's going to go be a traveling psychic monk. Yep, that's what she's going to do. But right before that, they were like, yeah, reading alien minds can be really upsetting for psychics that are untrained. Well, she's untrained, mm-hmm. and she's going to go read alien minds full time now. And one has to wonder how she's going to be trained. Are the Mimbari going to train her? How's that going to work? Totally. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, they didn't really go into it much. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I guess she gets a psychic road scholarship here to go <laughs> yeah. be a Mimbari for a while. Fulbright uh, scholarship. So She's already full, Yeah, full, exactly. Good for her. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's this scene where she's saying goodbye to Talia and Ivanova, and she gives them both hugs and is like, I'll always remember, which fair enough, they were instrumental in pulling her out of her life of poverty. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't really see all that much bonding. We saw them argue in front of her. Mm -hmm. We saw them persuade her for exactly one scene. But the close I'll never forget you bond at the end. I don't feel (laughs) like it was quite earned. But then (laughs) she says this very woodenly. She's like, (laughs) I would like to go the rest of the way by myself. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, oh, she's going to meet with somebody else. And sure (laughs) enough she walks in and sinclair is waiting for her because of course he is yeah because they're besties they're bros from back in the old country like (laughs) attached to the hip these two (laughs) yeah i don't know i just thought everyone is really close to this orphan who a day ago nobody had ever met with and now they're all on first name basis yeah they're just casually chit-chatting in the hallway and uh, i don't know (laughs) it was all a little (laughs) i didn't quite buy it Overall, though, overall, I thought this was a pretty good episode. Like you said, return to form after after that weak-ass Enter the Dragon wannabe <laughs> episode. Yeah. Nice little mystery, even though it wasn't, I don't know, I guess it had a twist. It wasn't the most mind-blowing mystery yet, but I thought it was good. It had some of the classic tensions we've seen in Bab 5, the I give orders on this station, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time with a Mimbari instead of some earth force officers that's a change up we saw some cool mimbari outfits i like the mimbari aesthetic i like the mimbari outfits the uh narn and the centauri outfits are so like busy and kind of gaudy especially the centauri (laughs) oh especially the centauri yeah so yeah i I really like the mimbari look i think they have a yeah space space monks kind of aesthetic Yeah. They have a bit of an aesthetic, yeah, for sure. Very simple, but some elegance to it, especially with the religious robes. The inspiration for the military guys, I think, were samurai. They have kind of that armor that samurai wore. Similar yeah, to that's that. true. Yeah. Yeah, so decent episode all around, you'd say. Who Did you have a favorite character this episode? That's a good question. It was a pretty, pretty evenly spread performances honestly no one Mm -hmm. like had the spotlight i mean garibaldi always delivers maybe garibaldi i don't know i liked his 
his exasperated scenes where he's searching and getting harangued about not finding who stole it mm-hmm. yeah i don't know Ivanova and talia both had good episodes too so i don't know yeah i'm gonna go with garibaldi i like garibaldi, garibaldi. okay I didn't bother yeah, asking you last episode because you clearly did not enjoy that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, that, that was a very negative, negative podcast episode, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just ranked at it. <laughs> We're here to give the people the honest answers that they've been looking for. It's That's true. For I don't. Sure. I don't pull punches. Don't pull punches. <laughs> yep. Like Sinclair, I don't pull punches. <laughs> you have the Sinclair punch down. That's for sure. Sinclair punch. Sinclair King, Sinclair King, Sinclair Punch. Okay, sorry, that was for all of you. <laughs> Super Smash Brother. Yeah, <laughs> yep. all right, cool, very good. Any any final final comments, Eric? Well, before we jump into final comments, we'll take a quick aside here into what we're going to call Science Corner, Science Nexus. I don't know. We maybe we should come up with a name for it, but Science News. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! Love that music. I know. Amazing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I was just, uh, as one does, looking at science news online and came across some fun developments from the NASA Juno spacecraft, which recently sent back some amazing pictures of Jupiter. So for those that don't know, Jupiter or Juno, uh, the NASA spacecraft is a solar space probe that we sent out to study the largest planets in our system, Jupiter and Saturn. And it's currently in orbit of Jupiter, I believe, or flying by Jupiter and has some awesome pictures of it looking at the gravity and magnetic fields of it and and kind of mapping those things which i thought was really cool so there'll be a link for that in the show notes if you want to check those out you know all this talk of mars and all that stuff everyone forgets the other planets those are cool too (laughs) yeah no i i know the pictures you're talking about yeah juno has been i think in orbit around jupiter for a little bit now a while now yeah a few years i remember i saw uh was it last year? They released some pictures of Ganymede, which is mm-hmm. of course a, a moon. Those are very cool. Yeah, Jupiter. Jupiter is a cool, a cool planet. Of the mass that isn't taken up by the sun, most of it is Jupiter. Yep, Jupiter's pretty, pretty big. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna comment that some of the pictures. I don't know if you saw. What was that movie? Gravity, I think, not Gravity, but the other one where they, where they go back in time or whatnot. But where's a black hole? There's a movie that came out recently that had a black hole in it. I don't and think I've the, seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but some of the pictures in here look kind of like they've come from that CGI renderings, but they're real like HD pictures of Jupiter and the kind of clouds in Jupiter, which is really cool. So it's it's cool. So definitely check those out. You'll see the link in the show notes for those that are interested. Jupiter is such a beautiful planet. You know, the clouds are all these ripples and, mm-hmm. and structures that, you know, almost look like, like a little dye in water or yeah. something. But yeah. but then you realize those structures are as big as the Earth. <laughs> yeah, like the spot on Jupiter. I think you can fit the entire planet Earth in that. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that spot's been there. It's like a giant storm that's been orbiting, or not orbiting, but going around the equator of Jupiter for hundreds of years. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Basically, a hurricane on Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That goes around. It. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of mind blowing to think about gas giants just in general. A planet that really doesn't have a surface, or I guess if you want to say there's a surface, it's functionally the core of the planet is the surface. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, gorgeous pictures. Yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool. Cool. Nice, nice science corner, Eric. Yeah. We like to throw in some real world science now and again. Well, astronomy is just so on its face cool. Like a lot of other disciplines, you have to explain in detail why mitochondria are cool. (laughs) You don't have to explain why astronomical photography is cool. Like, obviously, it's cool. Mm. Yeah. Literally seeing whole different planets with these pictures exactly exactly it yeah just immense immense cosmic phenomena that like can't help but blow your mind when you think yeah. about it very true very true awesome well another great another great bab five episode and another passable podcasting guild episode so there well, you go seize get degrees as they say right <laughs> get degrees <laughs> they do say that yeah or yeah. the joke my dad likes to tell you know what they call the uh, guy who graduated bottom of his medical class doctor doctor <laughs> they call him doctor <laughs> yep speaking of c's the last episode of season one is chrysalis which starts with a c nice segue there by the way which starts with an s oh, segue nice. starts with an s what a segue yeah so, oh yeah. and they teased that didn't they because they did. the psychic you know caught delane thinking about a chrysalis chrysalis yep that is the last episode of season one and the real question is will there be a cliffhanger i don't know of course there come on (laughs) come on a show like this ending their first season (laughs) everything wraps up nicely with a bow on it no cliffhangers yeah i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) great we have that to look forward forward to to in our next episode and Following that, we'll have a couple special episodes, which we'll brief you on with uh, that episode in a two weeks time. So thank you, listeners, once again, for your time today. Andrew, any last words? Just, just four of them. Just four of them. Good eating to you. I had a good to eating to you. <laughs> <laughs> All We're right. professionals. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.